You think you have life figured out? I never feel like I got life figured out. Men have to figure out what they have to do. If you really have an obsession to figure it out, you will figure it out. Figure out who you are, don't apologize for who you are, and then become even greater than you naturally are at what you are. Yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome to episode number 13 of the FitFo Podcast. Damn, was I pumped up to chat with this guy. My guest today has previously been named the fittest man in America. He's represented the USA three times at the World CrossFit Invitational, and he's a former CrossFit Games champion back in 2008. Along with his athletic accomplishments, he's a savvy business owner, an insightful podcast host of Effort Over Everything, and most importantly, an incredible dad, husband, and all-around great guy, Mr. Jason Kalipa. During this episode, we talk about his career and how he worked his way from what he calls an underachieving high schooler and his journey to reach full potential that led to becoming a world champion. We talk about how he incorporates fitness and movement into everyday life at the Kalipa residence, as well as exposing his children to micro doses of adversity to help prepare them for whatever life has in store. He introduces me to the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I'm pumped to learn a little bit more about, and gives recommendations on how fathers should be protectors, and the non-negotiable dedication he has to teaching kids self-defense. I know this episode is packed with insights, and I really hope you guys enjoy the conversation with the one and only Mr. Jason Kalipa. Today on the FitFo Podcast, we have former professional CrossFit Games athlete, uh, known best for 2008, I believe, if I got that right, a world champion. Is that is that accurate? I don't know if I'm known best for uh, the two. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so I won the CrossFit Games in 2008, but then I ended up competing for quite a while. So yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of competition went uh, in, in CrossFit that I competed in. And um, yeah, excited to talk. Yeah. Uh, well, what an honor it is to have somebody like you on the podcast, man. I know you've competed for many years. Obviously, you're competing in different realms now. Uh, it's been a lot of fun starting to follow your journey. I remember first hearing about you in, in 2017, which, you know, a little bit after you won the, the CrossFit Games. I'm not going to lie. I'm not the most well-versed in that area, but it was a, a Tim Ferriss podcast, actually, when I first heard your stuff. And so that's when I learned about you. And then recently, uh, going through with uh, a mutual friend, Matt Bedreau, and being able to get introduced on the Apogee program call. That was great to see you, but I've been starting to follow your content a lot more. And uh, it's great to see not only what you did and accomplished as an athlete, which I definitely want to get into, but also what you've accomplished as a father. Obviously, the premise of this show is as a dad, just trying to figure out this whole parenting thing. And it seems like you're doing a hell of a job at it, uh, as well as business. You know, I think that's another thing with NC Fit. And, uh, you know, when I'm listening to your podcast now, you're always talking about, you know, how to become profitable as a gym owner, as a businessman. So the three main things, family, fitness, and business I was hoping we can chat about today. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, obviously a really place close to my heart is family, of course. And, um, yeah, for, from a fatherhood perspective, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm all in when it comes to being a dad. And if I could share any insight or things that I've learned, you know, I have a almost 12 year old and almost nine year old. So my 12 year old is uh, a girl and my nine year old is a boy. 
And I've learned a lot from both of them. So it's they're both both their birthdays are next month. So it's coming up soon. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. So I uh, definitely wanted to talk about that and obviously doing some research, uh, you know, listening to you talk. One of the things I really liked was your whole concept of live freely, uh, live fully. And uh, I was thinking maybe that'd be a fun place for us to begin and maybe educate us on uh, what you mean by that. Yeah, no, I, I really like this. This this is a newer, I, w- I wouldn't say newer. It's the last couple of years at our business, we really try to think about, you know, what are we really trying to do for our members? What's our what's our real goal? And our goal at our gym is to help people live freely. And what that means to me is to not be inhibited by their fitness to do the things that they need to do. Meaning freely to me means that you could sit on a couch, you can get back up off the couch without any assistance. You could sit on a toilet, you can go for a walk, you could do daily functions. Um, but it's not as it's not just that. That that's just the the baseline. We want to help people live freely. So not be inhibited by their fitness to the things they need to do, but also to live fully, meaning the things that they want to do. So for example, if they want to go uh, I don't know, climb Mount Everest or whatever their goals are, something, something bigger than your normal needs in life. We want to help them accomplish that as well. So we are big believers. I'm a big believer that fitness should never uh, inhibit the things you want or need to do. Mm -hmm. And I believe that our goal should all be able to live freely and fully. And as a parent, what that means to me, and I really, this is like a very strong core value of mine is that I always want my children to know that if they ever want to go do anything physical, I will not be held back by my by my physical capabilities. Meaning if they want to go swim, if they want to go hike, if they want to go do something outdoors, if they want to go on an adventure when we're traveling, I never have to worry about, oh, I don't know if I could do that because my knees can't hold up. And I want to be able to do that for all the days of my life. So that's what we think about when we think about live freely, live fully. I love that. I think that's what it's about now. You know, as we get a little bit older, uh, it's my birthday this week and I'm thinking through like 35 years old and what does fitness mean now versus what it meant when we were in our 20s and obviously nowhere near competed at the level that you did. But it's all about can you play for a long time with them, right? Are you going to be able to enjoy uh, the life with the kids as they pursue, you know, whatever endeavor it is, whatever sport it is. And I don't know about you, but had you uh, gotten the kids in young to start this whole fitness journey? Like, what does that look like? And, you know, how do you guys approach it in the household? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I should caveat this by saying that what I do for a profession and a career is is primarily based in the gym. Mm-hmm. So I have an advantage compared to most adults, and I, I'm aware of that. Um, our house, our garage has never been. Uh, a garage ever Uh, Mm -hmm. since we bought our first house. It's always been a gym always. And so our children have grown up in a way where they just know that a two car garage is not a two car garage. It's a two car gym. And so I I think for that reason, it it has kind of embodied this idea that when dad goes to work, I'm also going to the gym. When they come here on the summers, whatever, they're surrounded by like-minded people are just getting after their workouts. I think that's just kind of the way they've been raised. And I understand that that's an advantage that we have that maybe others don't. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to fitness for our children, what was really important to me is creating a mindset that will allow my children to stay as fit as possible for as long as possible. And, and that goes for me as well. What I don't want is to push them too hard, too quick. I want it to be a lifestyle they'll have for all the days of their life, recognizing that movement, health, fitness, wellness, it, it carries over into our mindset. It carries over in a way that we attack our day. 
And I wanted them to look at it as a positive thing and not a punishment. It was very important to me. So from a very early age, we would just have them exposed in the gym. Now, our background is a little bit different than some people where I I work at a gym, et cetera. But you know, my daughter got sick at a pretty young age and it it did skew some things a little bit because we spent a lot of time in the hospital. But once she got better and we were able to be at home, one of the goals of our family was to sweat once a day. That was the goal. And I don't care what you do. You could jump on the trampoline. You could go whatever. I don't care. But you just have to sweat once a day. And not like, you know, Alabama sweat, like California sweat. Like you got to go outside and do something physical to your heart rate elevated. And so it started off by my daughter and I, you know, my son's a little bit more keen on working out later in the day, but it started off with my daughter and I, we would do uh, 15 minute walks in the morning watching TV. So for any father listening, if you want to get your child moving more, I don't recommend forcing things. I recommend meeting them where they're at, wherever that is, and giving them grace for whatever that is, like not overzealous because you got to look at it as a, as a, um, a distant horizon you're trying to get to. And if you could just take micro steps in that direction each day, you're winning. So it started off by 10, 15 minute TV sessions where we put on whatever, name the show, and we'd walk on the treadmill together. And then it transitioned into more and more and more as Ava's gotten older. And now she has a really positive relationship with fitness where she doesn't look at lifting weights as a negative thing or something that's going to get her bulky, but instead something that's going to get her strong and fit. And my son has the same relationship. I think that's so special that you started that. And it is interesting to think through, don't go too fast, too quick. I think a lot of parents, you know, get to this point where either they try to push their kids at a young age to be, you know, specialized in one sport or, you know, that they want to almost let them live the highlights that they never got to as a child. But you got to be aware of that. And I think uh, for me, you know, I even wanted to get my girls into soccer, you know, early. And I've got a three and a half year old, so she's young. But my listeners have heard me talk about this and she's got no interest, like does not want to play it at all and then you see her go do ballet and she lights up you know so i'm like all right as a dad you got to learn how do you go do that yeah and you're picking your battles you know one of the things i've learned is so my wife and i got together when we were 14 so we've known each other for a really long time and one of the big takeaways is like you gotta you gotta pick your battles with your spouse you have to pick your battles with your children and you know if your children child whoever wants to you know do ballet instead of um soccer you know for right now let it ride. And, and, and this is like my opinion on it is like find things that they have interest in as long as they're in group environments where they're learning how to interact with others and learning through sport. Um, and then over time, maybe they'll come back to it. You know, Caden, my son, he was like pretty anti-soccer this whole time. And then now his friends are playing soccer. A few of them, he plays mainly basketball, uh, excuse me, football and um, baseball, but a few of his friends are into soccer. So now he's interested in it. And it, it just kind of took some time is what I'm realizing. Yeah. So, and you mentioned something briefly and I didn't mean to skip past it, but you know, your daughter uh, at a younger age, you said, you know, had some you know health issues. Do you mind kind of going into what that was a little bit? Yeah. So Ava, um, my daughter is about to be 12. Actually this upcoming week, um, she, what they call ring the bell. And what the ring the bell means is that you um you ring the bell that you beat cancer and so that's happening uh next wednesday which is a really big deal and the when the way you beat cancer or at least i I believe this is probably for all cancers but in particular leukemia when so she was diagnosed with leukemia and it was about two and a half year treatment protocol and then Mm -hmm. after that's a five-year kind of like um 
every month is a big month. It's like compounding interest. And finally, when you hit the five-year mark, statistically, you're just as likely to get cancer as, as someone who hasn't had it before. So I believe that's when they call you cancer-free. Boom, you ring the bell and we move on. So that's a big that's a big um, milestone for our family. It's happening next week, and we'll go celebrate that like it's like it, like it's like it is what it is, right? Yeah, the big man. deal that it is. <laughs> oh, dude! Well, I'm mean, congratulations for five years. That's incredible to get to that point, and. I'm so sorry that you guys had to go through that, but you know, as a man of the house, like, how do you, how did you guys take that on? Like, what was that, you know, when you get the crippling news of, you know, having to deal with that with your daughter, what was that like? I mean, well, it's, it's pretty, um, you know, uh, I hope that no one ever goes through it, yeah. but it definitely, um, it shined light on the importance of family, on the importance of fitness and the, on the importance of financial well-being. You know, I, I ended up writing a book. It was called As Many Reps as Possible. And what the premise of it was, was this idea that at any time you should try and focus as much as you can on your relationships, working hard, building your fitness, because you never know when life's going to throw you a curveball. And life threw us a very hard curveball. But we're so blessed to have great relationships, our family, to be financially secure and to have a fitness that that we were as well positioned as you could to take on that news yet it was obviously, you know, soul crushing. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really, um, I, I feel like for me, it, it taught me a lot about perspective, brought me even closer to my wife. Um, we both handle it in a very similar way. I'm very grateful to all the competing and all the sports I participated in for years to learn how to overcome these like kind of micro doses of adversity. So when life really came and got us, we were more prepared to handle it. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so big with our children on uh, cold plunging, and exercise because i believe that one day whenever that day is they will be they will be there will be adversity that that approaches them it's just it's a it's a fact of life right. i mean it, most people would agree that ava going through leukemia was probably some adversity she had overcome Jeez. and I, I mean obviously i agree with that but the more that we can expose them to these small things or like cold plunging the better off they can learn how to compartmentalize learn how to use positive self-talk learn how to you know, uh, understand what's in their control, all these little things you could develop so that if or when life circumstances hit you, you're better prepared to handle them. And I'm grateful for my family that because of sport, we were better prepared. Um, at least I was. And that's such a positive way of thinking about it because I'm sure it could have been uh, a lot tougher. And I know there's plenty of tough times along that way, but cold plunging already. So Ava's doing it with you. Like what's the routine and how often will she do it? Is that like a once a month thing or is she willing to do it daily? Every every day, yeah. I, I should I should again. Uh, I always like to caveat things by saying I understand that I'm in a unique position for what I would do as a profession. It doesn't change the fact that as a dad or as a parent, that you can't just go out on a walk with your children, right, and prioritize that. Right. I also know that I have exposure to, um, you know, we have a cold plunge, we have a sauna, we have these things at home, and I understand that not everybody does. I get that. But if you can financially put yourself in a position to spend the money to get some type of cold plunge or even start off with cold showers, which I actually think are harder than cold plunging, mm -hmm. I do believe for my children, it's been instrumental in their mindset. It, it, it's been probably the single most impactful thing that we've done um, in terms of we put it at 55 degrees, which isn't that crazy cold. We sit in it for three minutes. They do. I do a little bit longer. Um, 55 is still cold. Trust me. Cold. Especially yeah. when it's cold outside. Like, yeah. And when you go up to your, yeah, when you go to your neck and you know, the, 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 the thing about it is, is that yes, there's, um, 
there is anti-inflammatory components. There is uh, weight loss components if that's your desire. If it's not your desire, you could just try and warm up. So instead of warming up organically, where you just stand outside and let your body naturally heat up, you could just go inside, throw on a bunch of blankets, and you'll you'll you know kind of it won't be as focused on like these weight loss or calorie burn goals, which are not the kids' goals. Right. For right. me, it's all about the mindset. It's all about can you look at something that's difficult know that it's going to be pretty good for you. You're going to feel great when you get out. You're going to feel accomplished. You're going to start your day off. And and can you go in there for just three minutes, learn how to breathe so that if you, you are in a moment in real life where you do feel overwhelmed and you feel like the, the walls are closing in, you feel like your chest is heavy, can you then revert back to your nice deep nasal breathing, the same ones we use in the morning at the cold plunge, and then be able to get past that? So those are the things that we try and work on. So a couple of technical thoughts on that because, yeah, cold plunging is definitely something, you know, I would like to get a little bit more into. I do the cold showers and those are That's way harder. That's way harder, dude. If you can do that, you can do the plunge. Well, it's so funny. I have like a my routine in the morning. I like stick my chest out, like be a man, like jump into the cold shower. Uh, it doesn't get easier, like for me at least. Like, I'm sure it does for some people, but do you do like the Wim Hof method of breathing? Is like that your approach when you're... So for me, the way I do it is... Um, I will wait until Ava goes, then I'll jump in after her. And the way that I approach it is I, I just sit in there. I go up, um, I go up to my shoulders. I actually keep my hands out and I'll go in until I feel physically ready to get out. Meaning I don't, I can't remember who told me this, but I want my body to tell me, I don't want to feel forced to get out. I want to feel like, okay, I found my calm. I found my center. I'm good. I'm choosing to get out. I'm not forced to get out because I'm so uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And that normally takes the first minute sucks. Now, again, I'm talking about 55 degrees. I can't speak to 38 degrees. That might be a whole different game. But at 53 degrees, which is like pretty much as low as we keep it right now, after a minute, you settle in. After about three minutes, you're really settled in. And then after that, basically, I just sit in there for a little bit longer. doesn't really, it's no big deal. And then I just choose to get out. So that's the way I'm approaching it right now. How about with exercise and, you know, especially somebody that's trying to gain muscle or, you know, they're trying to grow in their fitness area. I've heard some people, and I don't know, I think it was Huberman, but maybe I could be wrong there, talks about not doing the cold plunge after you work out, but doing it like before in the morning. Do you also see that type of research? Yeah, he was saying at least three hours prior to weight training, you should be exposing yourself if you want to do the cold plunge. So first off, I think that he has a tremendous amount of insight. I also think that we're getting a little bit into the weeds. If you're worried about when you're training and when you're plunging, the fact that you're training and plunging or training at all is a huge win. So, but assuming like you've been dedicated to this for a long time, like take, for example, me, I've been doing this for 20 years, right? Um, it is a part of my life. You know, I could start tinkering with things like, you know, plunging and then making sure I don't weight train for three hours. Whereas I do believe for the average person listening, they should just be on a consistent training routine, whenever the hell that is, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's right after the plunge, right before the plunge, whatever you could do, you just want to have consistency. But I think what Huberman's talking about is optimization. So tra traditionally for me, I'll plunge in the morning and I'll sauna at night, generally. Um, the sauna I don't do every day though, because it just takes longer. Mm -hmm. The plunge is very easy, even if I'm having a busy day to get in and get out. Whereas the sauna, it's, it's more of a time commitment for sure.
Yeah. And I think I mentioned this last time we spoke, but any other like red light therapies or anything else you do for recovery, maybe the Theraguns or anything? Nah, just, I mean, I, I love jujitsu. I love CrossFit training. I love working out in our gym with our classes. And I expose myself to, um, I regularly expose myself to extreme heat and extreme cold. I mean, extreme being relative, but that's kind of like the the hierarchy of what I do, right? So I, I, I roll jujitsu, I, I do CrossFit and I expose myself to hot and cold temperatures. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for giving the grace too, to say like, don't worry about timing it, just do it, do both. And if you could do that consistently, you're going to be ahead of the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's so easy for people to get wrapped up with like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. And they do it for like a week or two and then they get burnt out. The reality is just pick something super simple, even if it's just going for a walk and just stay consistent with that. And then after that, you could do some um, habit habit stacking, right? So mm-hmm. once you have the habit of you know walking, then you can stack another habit on top of that. But for the time being, I, I just think just don't get overwhelmed. So speaking of that, what does your morning routine look like? Like how do you have it stack? And it sounds like you and your daughter get in the cold plunge. That's awesome. Do you guys work out too afterwards or breakfast? Yeah, no, we do. No, we do before. So we'll, we'll do six ten uh, is the normal wake up. From there, I'll I'll wake up you know, like Ava will wake up at the same time. We will do a, a a fifteen minute high intensity workout for her. While she's doing that, I'll just ride the bike. I don't like to exercise hard in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't find that it works well for my body. I like to just move a little bit, but it's very difficult for me to lift heavy loads, go hard, unless I'm really prioritizing it. Like before I travel or something, I'll prioritize it. But if I'm not in the headspace, I just won't do it. So I'll just ride the bike while she does that. Then she'll get in the plunge and then I'll go in, make sure she's all good. And then I'll jump in the plunge. And then, um, that's kind of like the way we start, start, start. Then I'll, you know, go to work or do our thing. And then I generally work out later on in the day. So like most days I either do jujitsu or I do jujitsu and our classes. I do both. Um, and then I'll get in, you know, workouts sometimes in the evening with my son, depending on what his, uh, training schedule looks like. Man, that's great to hear. And like the fact that you're getting them into it. And, you know, for me as a, a dad, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully down the road, want to introduce, you know, my girls to the fitness game as well. How do, how do you approach that for like the regular gym member that comes into NC fit? Like, do you see a lot of children there or do you give them a lot of protocols or processes for them to, to do at home or? No, I mean, it's, it's an area that I'm, we're, we're discussing right now just because I am passionate about trying to impact, um, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth graders, et cetera. Mm-hmm. However, uh, we do not currently service children in the gym. I, 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 I see that as a, as I see it as an opportunity. It's also difficult because when you run a business, you know, you need to kind of have a focus and our focus has traditionally been adults and we need to have, if we ever want to roll out kids, we just need to make sure we do it right. But I would recommend for anybody who's interested in getting their kids moving, you know, start with looking at individual and group sports, right? You want both. And I think that fitness should just well round out your athlete, right? Your, 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 your children should be playing group sports, interact with other people, and then CrossFit or the gym or whatever it is, should just round out their athleticism. So if they're playing a sport like baseball, like my son does, it's very athletic, right? Really dynamic, really eye-hand coordination, super, super fast sprints but they never do long, slow distance training. They, um, rarely work, uh, you know, external loading, right? There is no external loading in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are areas you can incorporate in the gym to help your overall athleticism for baseball. Or another example would be like, um, I don't know, take, 
take wrestling, right? High intensity, super high intensity, five minute time domains, 10 minute time domains, whatever it is. But again, no external load. You're utilizing someone else's body weight. But if you maybe were you know, adding in external loads for those kids and they, they put on some more strength, it could impact their wrestling in a positive way instead of just wrestling. Obviously, he goes out saying, you need to be sports specific, obviously, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the gym's goal should be to round out that athlete so you're working them in different domains that they weren't hitting in their particular sport. Got it. So I do want to come back to NC Fit in a minute, but uh, what about for you? Like, were you a pretty athletic kid growing up? Like, did you grow up playing sports? I assume so. And and who introduced the fittest man in America to CrossFit? Like, where did that begin in your life? Yeah. So, I mean, as a kid, I, um, like early on, I raced BMX bikes. So in our neighborhood, it was just like a popular thing. So I got really into racing BMX, started racing at a high level, did that for a lot of years. And then I ended up hurting myself pretty bad there. As I hurt myself pretty bad, I got into high school. Right when I got into high school, I found football. Um, I found football, found track and field, throwing the shot. Really, really enjoyed that. I, I didn't, I didn't reach my potential in high school at all in terms of athletics. Um, I had some opportunities to continue to play football and I just, I didn't prioritize myself. I didn't do a good job. And I ended up graduating, going to a junior college and really getting my stuff together while working at a conventional gym at that conventional gym. I was introduced to Muay Thai, really enjoyed that. I was introduced to Jiu Jitsu, really enjoyed that. I then got introduced to CrossFit, which really impacted and changed my life in 2006 fast forward two years, I'm working at that traditional health club yeah, and yeah. I open up, a, I open up a CrossFit gym in 2008. And then from there on out, just focused on that. Man. So when did it click for you when you knew that you had it? Like, I know a lot of people, especially back then, you know, I graduated high school in 2006. So it started to pick up, but how did you figure out, all right, now that I've been doing this CrossFit thing, you're opening the gym, like you had the work ethic, you had the talent to go compete at the highest level, you know, representing us in the Olympics, you know, how did all of that come about? I mean, I, you know, I think that I, 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 well, I just didn't apply myself in high school. I didn't reach my potential, which really bothered me. I got to a junior college. I realized no one really cared about who I was as the, you know, popular kid in high school. If I wanted to be successful, I had to put it all on myself. And so I really took that to heart and I wanted to graduate my wife and my other peers from Santa Clara university, which is local. So I ended up just dedicating myself, um, applied three times there, finally got in, ended up graduating from Santa Clara university. And at the same time was really putting the work at the CrossFit gym, learning how to coach. So I knew I wanted to open up a gym from, from like early on, I was probably in, I was probably a freshman in high school when I knew for sure that's what I wanted to do. And so I started those four years as I worked at the conventional gym during, in high school, um, I was working the front desk and then eventually in college, I started working um, in sales. And at that point I started working with the owner of the gym him and I would meet and I'd learn everything I could about the business side of fitness. And so I bridged the gap between the business side of fitness that he really knew a lot about with the coaching side of CrossFit. And that really kind of catapulted the, the original business, not to mention, you know, just performing well and winning the CrossFit games obviously didn't hurt. Yeah, I bet so. But like, break that down for me. How did you start to get to know the business? Like, was the gym owner just, he saw that you're, you know, one of the top sales guys, you're starting to see success there. You obviously also had the knack, you know, to compete or did you have to go find him and like, try to just get next to him and try to get in as much time as you could to grow? 
Yeah, I think just putting myself in front of him and just learning everything I could about it, I think was the, was the key. Um, you know, oftentimes he used to ride the elliptical at Bally's three days a week for like 45 minutes at night. And I would just go and meet him over there and just do it with him. It was a really good opportunity for me to learn a lot about the business um, while also not like impacting his time that much because he was already doing it. So we did that a lot. Um, that was a regular occurrence for us. And it was always, it was always something special. You know, looking back on those times, I didn't realize it then. But I just learned so, so, so much um, that really carried over well into later on in life because, you know, school is great. But man, if you can get some practical application from someone that's done it, that's even better. Yeah. So when you were at your peak, you know, training, what was your, you know, diet, nutrition, supplementation? Like, what did that look like? I got to assume you're eating a ton to be able to compete at the highest level and do those crazy workouts. But yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to nutrition, I think it was an area that I probably was not as proficient at. You know, I think my results were good. I, I performed well for a pretty long time. So I try not to mess with things too, too much. But at the end of the day, if I was to impact something, I think, you know, I was training so many hours so much that if I wasn't eating a, a lot and I generally didn't even worry about what I was eating, I was just trying to get calories in. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if I, if I could do it over again, I would probably have, worked on better nutrition habits instead of just kind of, you know, you only have so much discipline bucket, right? So if you think about like you have a discipline bucket and I was really disciplined about training. I mean, waking up early, going to bed late, training hard. But if I was burning at both ends, I gave myself like the, it was okay for me to kind of eat what I wanted, what my body felt like it needed, mm -hmm. but, I, but I kept the discipline with my training. So that, that's the way I found it to be. Yeah. How about now? Like, what does the diet look like for you? What are you focusing on? Um, I, I generally don't eat much until later in the day. It's just the way my body is. Um, so I went to jiu-jitsu right before this. I drank one of these little protein shakes, which I normally don't drink. But uh, Jocko Fuel just sent me some of these to try out. So I'm trying out some of these. Milk, it? Uh, it was pretty good, actually. I'm actually pretty impressed with it. If you look at the, there's like very, you know, there's like four and a half grams of fat on um, it's not like a necessarily a balanced uh, protein supplement. This one's prioritizes protein over anything else. So I'd have to kind of understand more about what they're trying to accomplish here. But if you were on like a keto type diet, this is favorable to it. But anyways, um, I try and just balance the food I'm eating with a protein, a fat, and a carbohydrate per meal. And generally, I eat more towards later in the day than I do during the beginning, just because I don't want to feel sluggish at all during the day. Yeah. Yeah, Jocko Willing, man, he's uh, somebody that I have extreme ownership, like on my desk at home. It's the next read as soon as I finish where I'm going. But uh, I think I've heard you train with them often, right? What's that? You train with them recently or? Yeah, well, I trained at his gym. So so um, Jocko, I don't know if, I don't know if he's a, I think he must, be, he must be a part owner. He has to be. Uh, Victory MMA in Southern California. I don't know that for a fact, but he trains there for sure. And his podcast studio is out of, that area. Right. Uh -huh. So, you know, you figure, figure he has something to do with it. Anyways. So I went down there and, uh, uh, JP dental, who's another one of the echelon front team. I'm taking one of their leadership summits coming up in a couple of months. So him and I have stayed connected. And so, uh, yeah, he invited me to go train jujitsu. We rolled and, and Jocko happened to be there. So that's something that I'm definitely curious to get into, but I've never done it before. Right. Like for a beginner. Yeah. Any advice for 
oh my god it's so intimidating dude i don't think i've been in a brawl since i was like in high school maybe college right like to have another grown man like throw me around like that it's, it's a little nerve-wracking but as a dad you got to be able to take care of your family and your kids and it's kind of an embarrassing thing to admit on the podcast but uh you know where do i begin with that yeah so i mean i think you know um a buddy of mine, Tim Kennedy, he's a really big advocate of this. And I, so am I, by the way, him and I, we see 100% aligned on this. One of the reasons why I got into jiu-jitsu years ago um, was that, you know, I'd walk around, I was super fit, I was active, but I had had a background a little bit in stand-up fighting, a little bit of Muay Thai, a little bit of jiu-jitsu, enough to know that I didn't know anything, right? Yeah, and yeah. it was always daunting to me because I'd be at the airport be walk around pretty thick guy, you know, people would see me and they'd always think one of two things, right? Um, especially now, cause I'm starting to get a decent cauliflower ear is they either think, oh, this guy's a fighter or this guy's in the military. Always this, cause I would travel teaching seminars all the time. Mm -hmm. I just remember telling myself like, dude, I'm super fit. I could lift a bunch of weights. I could, I could, you know, my, my bl blood pressure is great. My blood markers are great. Everything's great. But I was lacking fundamental protector uh uh combatives skills that i believe each this is just my opinion i, I believe each human should have the capability of having in, in particular um men and you know so for me it was really like a journey to 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 explore jiu-jitsu and it started off one-on-ones then it went to groups and and i've just completely fallen in love with it and now you could take that in different angles. So for me, you know, I, I spend a decent amount of time with local law enforcement, learning fundamental firearms. I, I spend a lot of time on the mats and I also spend time doing standup. Um, and I think those are good skills that I'm trying to transfer onto my son as well. Yeah, that's, I think everybody should learn it too. And that's why I, I want to practice what I preach. And I'm here in Sacramento. So, you know, I don't know if you have any recommendations of places to go check out. Yeah. Well, I mean, in SEMA and the guys over at Mark Bell's podcast, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yes, they're, they're in that area too. So in SEMA, he's he's a great jiu-jitsu athlete and uh, he goes to a jiu-jitsu gym out there as well. So you could, um, I could find out which one it is, but you should go check it out. You, you, you should start with privates. Just, you know, I'd recommend anybody um, just start with privates and leave your ego at the door and just know that what, what's the beautiful part about jujitsu. I'd say this, uh, the beautiful part about CrossFit is you can get really fit really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, the beautiful part about Jiu-Jitsu is if you give it like six months, if you give it a year, it's so amazing to think about like, you could just kick your own ass a year before. Like it's not even close. Someone with a year's worth of Jiu-Jitsu is so exponentially more capable in a, in a grappling match than someone who has no experience. It's like, it's just, you'll, you'll see like a year from now, you'll be like, dude, I didn't understand what you were saying. And now I do. It's like compounding interest. Like we talked about, it, it's just putting money in the piggy bank. It just keeps getting better and better and better. And like a little bit of technique goes a long way. I like that mentality. So how often do you think like for a beginner, if you get the privates, like, is it two times a week? Is it three times a week? I'm sure it's always just like anything. The more you do it, the better, but to be able to like, you know, is once a week enough when you're starting out? I think, I think if you're doing privates, I think like once or twice a week, kind of just get your, get your feet wet, right? Kind of, mm. kind of get past the awkward stage. It's, it's awkward at first. It is, it's, it's uncomfortable, especially if you have not, you know, been on the ground with the, another man or whatever it's, you got to get past some stuff where you have to look at it as a sport. You have to look at it as technique. You have to look at it as combat. Once you can navigate through that and you'll know what I'm saying when you start doing it, um, 
once or twice a week, I think is a great place to start. And then you start building those, stacking those habits where you go two, three. And then, you know, for me, my my balance right now is somewhere around three days a week, I think is good for me for jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I do four, sometimes I do two, but in general, it's three. And what belt are you? Is that how they rank it as well? Yeah. So you start off the white belt, you're there for about a year. Then you go blue belt, you're there for about a year or two. Then you go purple belt, you're there for two, sometimes three years, and then brown and black. I'm at the highest level you could get at purple. So I, um, my instructor tells me this, and this is something I, I really took to heart. He said, Hey, I think you roll at a brown belt level. He goes, I think that most places you'd go to, they think you're, you could roll at a brown belt level, but not because of your jujitsu. It's because your athleticism mm-hmm. and your strength and your conditioning. I want you to be at a brown belt level because of your jujitsu, not because of your, you know, um, these other characteristics. And he said in a way, like we have a really good relationship where like, I took that to heart. Like mm-hmm. I agree with you. And something else about jujitsu, I think is really important is that you don't want to give people belts too early because it could actually demotivate them when you go into a room and you're, let's just say you're, you're a um, black belt and you're getting the, you're getting your ass kicked by purple belts and brown belts all the time. It could be demotivating, uh, you know, um, unmotivating or, or brown belts, et cetera. So you'd rather be the guy who's a blue belt who could beat up or not beat up, but do well against purple belts or brown belts than the opposite way around. So it's better to kind of hold back and and really deserve that belt well than it is to try and like encourage, you know, to go faster. Well, it's encouraging to hear somebody like you that is such a, you know, an athlete to say, you know, humble enough okay, I need to get better at that area before I can just go deserve that belt, right? Before I can earn that brown. Um, because I think a lot of people would be like, if I'm talented enough, if I can roll well enough to be a brown belt, just give it to me, right? But you're not saying it that way. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and again, because I travel around, I meet a lot of people, I'd rather be at a belt where someone someone rolls to me and they're like, oh, what belt do you? I'm like, oh, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, wow. Like, I thought you were this. And instead of just being like, oh, you're that, like, like I'd rather be at a position where I've earned it extra than not earned it at all. And, um, especially with tournaments coming up and stuff like that, I want to be able to, I want to be able to compete. I want to be able to perform well. Now at that point though, when I'm performing well consistently against guys in my bracket, then at that point, you know, you can't sandbag, you got to move on. You got to continue to push yourself. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that information. And, you know, I did want to talk a little bit to get challenged by you. Okay. I can't not say yes to that. At least once a week, honestly, you set up privates, it'll, it'll, it will open your mind and it'll lay some phenomenal framework. I mean, you know, talk about being a dad, you know, my prerequisite for both my children is they have to do it. Like with my children, they could do anything they want, like volleyball, basketball, football, you name it, anything. I don't care what you do. However, a prerequisite at our house for both of our children is once a week, we need to spend at least two hours doing self-defense. It's, 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 it's the only thing, you know, you got to kind of, again, pick and choose your battles. That's the only thing that I pick to battle, right? That, Hey, this is like Ava, my daughter, you want to be able to go to the movies when you're 14 by yourself or within that, within reason, like you want me to drop you off and you'll be able to go to the movies. I need you to be able to learn some basic grip breaking. I need you to be able to learn some basic sit-up sweeps. If someone has you in a closed guard position or a mounted position, I need you to be able to get out of this position. It's non-negotiable for me. And so we work a lot of stand-up type stuff and grip breaking. Man, that's 
See, not enough people are talking about that as parents, as dads in particular, like to have that as a non-negotiable, that that's what you have to do in the household. That's you know, just thank you for saying it. Yeah, I, I put up a video on Instagram a couple weeks ago of me and uh, Ava going at it. And I go pretty hard with her. Like if people saw the video out of context, they'd be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm not going like, I'm not like punching her or anything. It's just, I go hard where I'm gripping her because what you think if someone's trying to grab her, they're going to just grab her nice and soft. No, they're going to try and they're going to, they're going to be aggressive. And so I want her to be able to know what that's going to feel like and to be able to immediately react. But this is just my way of trying to like take what's in my control, which is utilizing some of the things that I've learned over the years and just trying to share them the best I can. Um, and, and within reason, right. Spend an hour, just develop self-defense and then practice it for another hour. And that's what we do. Yeah, I think that's something that I definitely need to uh, add to the repertoire a little bit with the family and also like situational awareness, like for them to be able to think about what's going on, like when they walk into a room, you know, just to be a little bit more cognizant of their surroundings. Yeah, I mean, I just went and took the um, a couple of months ago, Sheepdog. Um, so if you guys haven't heard of Sheepdog, it's Tim Kennedy's company. It's great. They do a course where it's firearms and also combatives. It's just a good course. They talk about... Um, situational awareness as well. But if you're, if you're a dad out there and you want to have some exposure to firearms training and combatives, I think they did a good job laying the framework and they have multiple levels of it. Uh, well, yeah, I'll definitely link that to the show notes and check it out myself. So I know we're um, coming close to the end business, obviously NC fit right behind you. I, I think you mentioned kind of a little bit of the the next stage for you with NC fit at the last call I had. Uh, do you mind maybe starting to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that for me, you know, I look at the different areas of my life, like how am I reaching my potential? And I think for me, you know, in, in fitness, I think I reached my potential in CrossFit. Um, you know, when Ava got diagnosed, I, I retired. It was an easy decision to make. Right, right. I feel like I still have a lot of room to grow in jujitsu, obviously. I think when it comes to being a husband and a father, I'm constantly just trying to learn and, and I want to get better and I want to be the best husband and father I could be. And I don't think I've reached my potential there. I think there's a lot more to come. And even if I think I reach my potential today, six months from now, a year from now, I'm going to learn more stuff and I'm going to adapt and evolve. But when it comes to business, I feel like I'm working at a fraction of the capability that I could that I could really go out there with. And so I'm, I'm really dedicated to identifying appropriate opportunities for our company to go impact more members and more staff. And I think that um, right now we own and operate brick and mortar gyms. We have a large digital business. We have an app. We have the NC Fit app. We also have NC Fit app for gym owners. And um, there's a few opportunities in the pipeline that I think could really help us reach our potential. So that's, that's what we're currently focused on. So if you live in the Bay Area, we have our flagship locations here. We'd love to see you. If you um, are looking for a training protocol in your garage, check out the NC Fit app. Um, or if you're a gym owner, which I don't know how many gym owners listen, but if you're a gym owner, definitely got to check out the NC Fit Collective. Those are a few of the products we have. Uh, well, I'll definitely have to get the app and start using it, man, because you know, we just did this embarrassing, like, you know, measurements. Where are you at? Where, where are you starting? And uh, I can't say I'm going to say this online. 21 inch thighs, bro. How bad is that? <laughs> I don't know what my, you know what, you know, I, want say said enough. I don't, you know, it's funny. I went into Nordstrom's and I was trying to get a new tux and the guy said to me, he's like, Hey man, I'm just letting you know. I was like, he, they only had three tuxes there for the type that I needed. He goes, I'm just letting you know, we don't have anything here that will work for you. He goes, your thighs are too big. And it was really like, it was really daunting. Like, dude, you're telling me that my body type, which I don't think I'm not like overly huge, but, but it just goes to show what the typical body type is. 
and how over time I hope it evolves to, you know, then you know, smaller waist, a little bit bigger thighs. But anyways, I, I couldn't find anything there. I had to go to a different store. So that was my story of a tux. Dude, I think you're a little bit modest. I saw that. I was looking you up, you know, doing the research and he's like 5'10". I'm like, all right, same height. And he's like 215. I don't know if that's still accurate or not. I'm like, okay, that's 70 pounds. I need to grow. Um, so if you got any tips on the NC Fit app that you think you should direct me to because I need to get the lower body working, feel free to, you know, share that. Well, I think an area that most people probably neglect is their lower body. And I think it's because they're not the... Um, they're not the mirror muscles, right? So if you think about the mirror muscles, the ones you look at in the morning, it's your abs, it's your chest, it's your biceps. You know, no one says, damn, dude, you got some super nice glutes or you have really nice hamstrings or your quads are really developed. Every, you know, unless you're like really into the fitness space, that's weird, right? Like, and I think that people are neglecting the bulk of their muscle by neglecting their legs. So if you think about like testosterone development, growth, like just in general, just overall muscle development, if you're not doing back squatting, front squatting, or things to load up like deadlifts, your lower extremities, you're missing out on some powerful tools that could increase your overall muscle, not just in your legs, but in your upper body too. Uh, well, I'll definitely have to do a little bit more work there. And man, this has been such an epic conversation. I, I just really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on. I'm sure people learned a lot. Where can they follow you to learn more? I know you've already talked about Instagram and support as well, because we didn't get a chance to talk about Ava's Kitchen. I, I've done a little bit of, you know, seeing that as well. But, you know, where can we do the best to show some love to you? Yeah, so Ava's Kitchen is avaskitchen.org. That's an annual fundraiser that my family does for pediatric cancer. That's a great, great, great event. It's happening next February here in the Bay Area. We just had it. Um, they can go to Jason Kleep on Instagram. If they live near the Bay Area, go to nc.fit um, or check out the NC Fit app on um, on Apple. It'll soon be out on Android, depending on when this is released. So mm -hmm. yeah, we, we, we're re-releasing we're re it on Android because we had it there. We weren't happy with the product. We took it off and putting it back on that's a nice business lesson you know that we could talk about another day uh well i would love to man we might have to do a part two at some point um only once i accept your challenge and start rolling you can uh check in on how that's going privates once a week start there i'm telling you dude it, yeah and go in the gi start with the gi start with the gi and start once a week and you'll 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 love it i don't even know what that means but i'll google it and figure it out you like yeah, look up the gi. Like it's like it's like wearing pajamas or or no gi is like more like UFC style, more or less. Okay. Start with the gi. It's it's more approachable, and then and then go no gi. I think that's that's my my idea. All right. Well, I'm gonna check it out, man. Well, much love. Uh, appreciate it. When I'm out in the Bay Area too, I'd love to come work out and you, know, you can kick my ass there one time as well. Come on by. All right, dude. Well, thanks for the time today. Uh, appreciate it. And that's a wrap for episode number 13. Man, was that a fun one for me. It's not every day you get to talk with such a high achieving individual like Jason. So I hope you all enjoyed it. And I was able to tease out a topic or two of value for each and every one of you. My favorite part of getting to know Jason is just how genuine and you know encouraging he was. I mean, uh, obviously to talk to somebody like me is just getting started, something I'll always be grateful for, but uh, I really walked away from our combo, just motivated to be a better father, a better man, and he did it in a way that really was encouraging. So easy to see why he's so successful. Uh, if you want to learn more from him, please check out his podcast, Effort Over Everything. Uh, go download that NC Fit app, or if you're in NorCal, go hit up one in person. As always, if you like the show, it would fire me up for you to share this episode with your favorite father and parent. 
hit the subscribe button, give that five-star rating, or leave a review to tell me what you thought. So thanks again for tuning in. Now go be great and go fit, folks. Some shit out.